Greetings, fellow investigators, and welcome back to our video podcast, Into the Darkness, where my friends and I play the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. I'm your host, Tom Rayleigh. He who learns but does not think is lost. He who thinks but does not learn is in great danger. Our campaign is Horror on the Orient Express, and this is episode 79. I'm your game master, and Jeff Wilkins will be giving the recap. The train moves forward. Let's begin our journey into the darkness. Jeff? Thank you, Tom. Our last episode, our group is still on board the Orient Express. We're headed back towards London. We're on a time strength now because we have less than 100 hours where we're going to have to perform some sort of cleansing ritual or else we're told we will perish. We're on the train also with Selim Makriat. Apparently, he too must, have, must complete the same ritual. Selim knows we're on board the train as well. He's made one attempt already to try and poison Eldridge. He almost killed Jack Gatling, but thankfully both Jack and Eldridge have survived the poison. We spent a lot of time trying to come up with a way to maybe identify Selim, but it seems we don't have the capability to do that. Selim could impersonate anyone on the train. We must be suspicious of everyone. Eldridge notices something happening to his arm. He has a patch of skin that is now extra thick and has hairs on it. It's similar to how there's also a patch on Dr. Dalton's leg. We think this might be the beginning or the onset of what will happen to us as the corruption creeps in. At around 11.25, the train stops as we enter Bulgaria. Dr. Dawkins notices that a man gets off the train and heads to the telegraph office. Dr. Dawkins recognizes him as the Calais car conductor, Emil. Dr. Dr. Dawkins was able to then later go into the same telegraph office, and he was able to see the message that the previous man had just sent. It said, urgent, join SOE0320M. As Dr. Dawkins gets back on board, he sees that someone has spotted him, but that someone quickly ducks his head back in between the train cars. We wake the others, and between us all, we figure out that it means to be a message from Macriat that's instructing someone to meet him on the Orn Express at 3.20 a.m. at the Svilingrad stop. Eldridge also has an incident. Just as he's back into bed, he thinks he hears a noise coming from outside his window. At first, he's unsure what it was, but then we realized it sounded like it might have been a body being tossed from the train. We deduced that, this, that since Macriette has now been identified by Dr. Dawkins, he's now killed someone else so that he can impersonate them. Of course, this whole entire trip so far, this is also more speculation. It's late. We're all suffering from a lot of stress, a lack of sleep, and yet the train keeps rolling on. That brings us up to date. Okay. So, um, we've established Eldridge and Dr. Elizabeth have gone back to bed. That's correct. And uh, Dawkins and uh, Frank are kind of resting in the uh, salon car, a little bit afraid to go back to bed. Um Let's say that it's about, uh, you guys wanted to wake up before uh, you got to uh, Swillingrad. Um, so you get into Swillingrad at 3.20. We'll say that you guys get up right about 3. 
you guys wake up. And uh, uh, when, uh, Eldridge, when they wake you up, you know, they give a knock on your door to wake you up. Um, it wakes uh, it wakes Gatling up as well. And uh, he, he, he excuses himself. He says that he has to use the restroom. Um, so uh, what do you do? Are you putting your clothes on? Going to go out? I'm, I've actually been laying, I, I, I've been resting in bed. I haven't been actually sleeping because my, my head, my mind is reeling. So I'm probably fully dressed, just kind of laying on the, the bunk. Okay. Um, so uh, is it both Dawkins and Coates, Frank, who have, uh, who have woken me up or is it just Dawkins? I don't know. Was Frank? that the arrangement or did you ask somebody on board the, the train to wake you up? I, I think that we agreed that, like, oh, we'd wake each other up. But I'm just wondering. Okay. I misunderstood then. So we'll ha say that one of them came and, w and wakes you up. Okay. And, uh, uh, who would like to wake this guy up? I will try because I had bad luck waking up Dr. Keith. All right. So I'm just going to kind of casually slip out of my room, close the door. Um, they, they don't have locks in the actual doors, do they? Well, no, they do. Yes, they do. Okay. So I'm going to lock it. Um, I'm going to turn to Frank and say, Frank, I've been thinking pretty much the entire time since I left the salon and up to now. Mm -hmm. I don't think that we really understand what the Sedev Carcinolacrum is and does. And I have some points I want to bring up, but I'd like to do it with everybody. Are, are you are you still in your room? I'm in the hallway. Okay, you're in the hallway. Okay. Let's yeah. say that you've knocked on the door and, and Elizabeth has also gotten up. Okay. Rise and shine. Good morning. That took you much faster than it did when I knocked on your door. Well, I was I was half awake. Uh, you probably end up waking up uh, Elena uh, Constanza as well, at least for a bit. Um, and you can tell by now that the train is slowing as it's heading towards uh, Svilindred. Well, I'm going to make my way to the salon car. I'll just... Dr. Dawkins is sitting there waiting for you. Now, all right, let's just assume that you all come together in the salon car, and it's empty except for you guys. Um, uh, take over. Go ahead. So now that we're all here, I've been thinking about the Sedev car simulacrum and what we know or what we think we know, and also about Makriot. I think that my assumptions are incorrect about Makriot and the Sedev car simulacrum. What does, first off, what does simulacrum mean? Um, it, it means something that bears a resemblance to something, usually the human form. Exactly. So, 
we assume that it's in the form of Sadevkar, but in the scroll, he says that he made it in the image of his god, the skinless one. So that kind of let's transition now away from that. I want to I, I want to leave that there. Transitioning now, let's talk about Fenelik. Fenelik never wore the Sedevkar simulacrum. He didn't have the scrolls. Scrolls were in Constantinople. He was in France. Yet he was still able to use the Sedevkar simulacrum for longevity and vigor. He never needed to wear it. He just had to have it in his possession. Not only that, but now let's talk about Makriat. Makriat could always change form. He never needed the Sadevkar simulacrum to do that. And I think that Makriat is smart enough to have done his research on the Sadevkar simulacrum so he knows the exact same weakness that we know, which is in the right light it can be seen. So I don't think he'd wear it. I think it's somewhere on the train, hidden away. I think wearing it would be the easiest way of transporting it. Maybe, but did did he no. not put it? He, he put it on in, in, in the in the ritual, surely. But he yeah. took it off when he was speaking to us. If you remember, he kind of just like phased out. Did he? If I, if I remember correctly, he literally he left it, spoke with us. He, he can pass between it. You you saw him become one with the simulacrum and then and then come out of it during the ritual. So you didn't see him put it on and leave it on. Aha, uh -huh, right. <clears throat> so I think that we don't actually know what it does because if it's in the representative form of the skinless one, we don't know what the skinless one is or what the skinless one does. All we know is that it can provide longevity to someone who doesn't even wear it. Just some, someone well, we, needs to have it. We, I suppose the, the, the nearest we have to a knowledge of what the skinless one actually looks like, other than the, 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 the simulacrum, was in the um, Notario Detalius Corvus, um, in which it spoke of a cavern in which there was um, a, a, a a large statue, which, um, by the sound of it, looked um, ra rather like a, rather like um, Saint Bartholomew. Not so enough to make me wonder whether there's a link between the cult of the the skinless one and Saint Bartholomew. That, that's a possibility. Syncretism, perhaps. I I just I. I'm trying to piece it because at first I assumed, oh, the Sedevkar Simulacrum, it gives the wearer the ability to change appearance. But Makriat already had that ability. He could already do that. So he doesn't need the Simulacrum to do that. And to gain the, longev the longevity, he just needs to have it. He doesn't need to wear it. So why wear it other than its armor? Like, there has to be something else that makes it unique. Yes. 
if that's the case, then it, if it's separate from him right now, then perhaps we should be looking for it as opposed to looking for him. Uh, I, I mean, our, our, our original, well, I would say our original uh, idea was to destroy it, but then I realized that we were sent on this quest by Macria himself rather than Smite. I think we were that we... to Constantinople to destroy it, but eventually or inevitably we found out that we took it there so that he can acquire it, put it together and rule the world or something. I think that we still can destroy it. We okay, so we are not linked anymore physically to the pieces. Is this correct, GM? We're, we're kind of, but not really. We are because that's the reason why we've got to do the cleansing ritual. Mm. That's what what Macriette says to you that was that you were no longer uh, attached to it, but you're like an open wound, so. You're bleeding we, out. We need the cleansing ritual. Okay. I think that we can kind of kill two birds with one stone. <clears throat> we have the knife. We know that the knife does damage to the simulacrum. And it also does damage to the the wear. So if we find the Sedevkar simulacrum, we can use the knife, plunge it in, and kill Makriot. Perhaps. We hope the other thing too, is I don't think that we can destroy it, not by any means that we have here, but the um, that book, The Image of the Devil, gave me an idea. Somehow we can open, I guess, this world or this portal um, that Zephkar uh, opened up in the, in the the book. Perhaps we can push this, this uh, artifact through and then close the portal. Send it off to another dimension or wherever it, that portal leads. Hmm. It'll no longer be here in our world. Maybe. I think that's the only real way to get rid of it. I don't maybe, know if it's destroyed. Maybe we could also um, destroy the scrolls. Without the scrolls, the wearer can't wear it. No. I mean, it's, it would still exist, but it couldn't be used for to take over the world. Well, unless he has uh, an eidetic memory and knows what's exactly on each scroll, he might not even need the scrolls after that. I don't think the scrolls need to be set up, you know, as props or whatever in order to complete the ritual. I just think the knowledge of, of that ritual is, is all that's needed. So destroying the scrolls, if he has an eidetic memory, he knows everything else about these previous scrolls. I mean, he's had a chance to read them. It does us no good. Really, actually does us more harm than good. So, and maybe those scrolls have a way for us to open up this this other world. We don't really know anything about that portal, do we? We don't know why he opened that. No. 
but I would imagine it has something to do with the skinless one. And if we were to return this artifact to the skinless one, I don't know. Perhaps if we were to, I guess, toss it into this, this portal, the skinless one might want to take whoever's really connected to it, which would be Montreal. It might get rid of him as well. But something that we're something that you're not bringing up is that a portal is a doorway. What we can go, we can push it through, but something else can come out. True. There's there's risk in opening that or doing that. But wasn't it open in the book? Did something else come out during that? I guess his ritual when the knights came and tried to stop him. It's been weeks since I've, I've read that. There was, a sort of, there was a sort of implication that there was something in there, I'm sure. Or that he was trying to call something out from there. Or did I just imagine that? Um, do an idea roll. Twenty out of eighty. Um, I got a twelve out of uh, seventy or eighty. I don't really think there was any detailed description on whatever he had. He had a large piece of skin stretched out with sort of light shining from the center of it, according to the text that had dragons and all sorts of things in it. So there's nothing. There's nothing for sure. Convert also. Um, how do you open a portal? Right. I'm going to make a suggestion too. If you still have the information on uh, the first, uh, the the scroll of the head, mm -hmm. let me take a look at that again. Gonna read it. Sure. The scroll was written by Sedevkar the Asmanli. Um, concerns an item in his possession, a set of Carcinolacrum. In this scroll, Sedevkar prophesies that he is soon to lose this lose the simulacrum. And so praises it and makes a record of it in a set of five scrolls. This scroll is the first of the five and is referred to as the scroll of the head, being the thoughts and history of Sedevkar. The four missing scrolls are the scroll of the belly, concerned with the worship of a being known as the skinless one. The scroll of the legs, a series of body affecting magics, the foundation on which Sedevkar's power was built. The scroll of the right hand, a ritual which awoke the statue and is the driving force of Sedevkar's power. The scroll of the left hand containing a ritual which balances this power, a necessary ongoing sacrifice. The scroll is a rambling, insane document. The author has not set down events in any form or order, making it difficult to follow. The most detailed description in the document dwells on the torture and skinning of human beings. So can we assume the scroll of the left hand is the cleansing ritual? 
would sound that way, wouldn't it? That's what yeah. I took. And perhaps <laughs> the the, stro the scroll of the legs would then be the uh, the means by which uh, he can adopt other forms. Which means, well, there it could be that he had one of the legs, and then the actual cult had the one of the other ones because they've been able to do skinning magic and for some like they've been able to wear people's faces and, and such. Maybe they just I, have. I don't know. I don't think we'll ever know the, the, the full extent of their powers. The scroll of the right hand, a ritual which awoke the statue and is driving force instead of course power. So what if the what if the simulacrum actually is like a physical embodiment of the skinless god? I was gonna say, because awoke make makes it sound like it's sentient. It's almost as if the statue is in fact the skin of the skinless one. Which would make sense because it is a simulacrum. It is a likeness. Mm -hmm. What happens if the likeness also? It's it's a physical likeness, but it's also a like a like a like a magical likeness as well. Well, in yeah. in, in in occult terms, the two are the one and the same, aren't they? If you make a likeness of something, then it's a repository of that thing's power. It's an avatar. Yeah. It's, it's a it's a physical avatar in our world. Of it, which is the thing. The question is: Is how did they? Uh, I'm sure that the head, the, the scroll of the head, actually talks about it. But do we remember how he actually got the pieces? Did he chisel them, or was it presented to him? It says in. It sounds like from what you've just read to us, Frank, that it sounds like it was presented. Uh, there's a paragraph ahead of it. You want me to just read that out loud then? Sure. Okay. I have seen the powers which stalk the night and strike fear into the hearts of all those who worship the false god. I know him, and I worship him. The skinless one has spoken to me. He whispered secret words into my heart of hearts, and I know what I must do now. I have seen it in visions, and it is that my lord said it was. In my dreams, I have seen its perfection striding above the ruins of cities. Kings and countries have fallen before it. Even gods must fall before it. I recognize in the first time I held... I beheld it as an object of power, power that would bring the world to its knees. It glistened like the finest pearls. I woke when I, f it awoke when I flayed alive the wretch who sought to steal my treasure from me. That night he came to me for the first time and told me what to do. I meditated before its glory, all praise to the one without skin. I performed the 17 devotions and opened it for the first time. Within the artifact was soft and smooth. As I ran my hand across its inner surface, it felt like the skin of a newborn babe. I offered four children as sacrifice to my master, then I used it for the first time. In his wisdom, the Lord of naked flesh had made it to my height. In all modesty, I believe it was made in my image. Blessed is the chosen of the skinless one. I have been careful to keep it untarnished. The substance is the color of purity should not be tainted by that which is unclean. That he says it was the color of pearls. Mm -hmm. But when we saw it, it's black or purple. 
No, yeah, but it was changes that, right? He was, he was no, talking was about the inside. No, that was only when um, it was in the dark or covered up. The moment that it was exposed to light, it turned from that purplish to, to a white color. Yeah. Did he not also say that it was, he believed it was created in his image, not the image of the skinless one, but in his image, Sedevkar's image? Yeah, that's how it kind of ends there. Yeah. Look, yeah, but but if you remember, it if you looked at it, it would appear to be in your image, and if I looked mm. at it, it would be appear to be my image. Mm. So it, it's in the image of the the beholder. It sounds like it was presented to him, or it came to him. Somehow, it found a way to him. He didn't make it. He was he was presented it. By the skinless one after performing the seventeen devotions. So. So and and he says that you know the Siddhikar simulacrum will will, it's a, it's a it is a conduit for destruction. It will destroy the world. I don't think that, Makriat changing his form will do that. I don't know. We don't. I don't think we actually know the. I don't think Makriat even knows the power of the Sadevkar Simulacrum. But if he seeks to, to subvert the crown and the empire, then that that could lead to another war, and we 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 barely survived the last one. Yeah, maybe it's not a, an actual. The piece itself is powerful like that. It's. The, what it could lead to, like the war, like you said. Taking the hands of a man like that. Well, there's here's one thing that we can, I, I assume, it's that Uh, Makriat, I I think is needs to kill. He has to kill someone in order to take their form on the train, which means that someone was killed and thrown off the train. Whether that be a meal or whether that be one of our um, companions in in one of the other uh, cars, he's on the train, and I think that he knows that Dawkins saw him, and so he has dumped his former self and has assumed a new role. Yeah, that makes sense to me. I think that's a reasonable assumption. I question you on what you were saying about Fenelik. So, Fenelik never wore the Sedevkar Simulacrum. He couldn't, he couldn't have. He needed the scrolls in order to do that. Benelik only had it in his possession. He owned it, and it was in his possession, and that's how he got his 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 immortality, so to speak. He said it. He said he wanted it so that he could continue living, that he could he could feel revitalized. He didn't want to wear it. He just wanted it. So it, it has residual power, but that's not the real power. Changing uh, forms, longevity, strength, those, those are just like 
bonuses, the perks of just having it. We don't know what the actual purpose of this thing is. Unless it's right there in the fact that it's armor. Maybe if any other weapon besides the Mim Sahis, any non-magical weapon just wouldn't do any damage whatsoever. Was the Mem Sahis the weapon that they used to tear it off of Sedevkar? Yeah. So then that's that's that has to be it. It's it, it makes you literally invincible. Because you're right, the purpose of it was armor. I think there's more to it than that. I think there's probably There, there's there's something to do with the skinless one, and I think there's there's in in some way the person wearing it becomes the 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 living embodiment of the skinless one with all that entails. And of course, we aren't members of the cult, so we have no idea what that entails. Yeah, that's true. But and that's something that that's 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 another point that I wanted to say. Macriot wanted to effectively destroy the cult. He doesn't care about the cult. He wants to rule the world. And he wants to do it pretty practically alone. Well, he has their knowledge now. He doesn't need them, does he? So, what I'm suggesting is is that Macriot played us, but what if the skinless one is playing Macriot. The skinless one, if the skinless one is a god, and the skinless one can talk to people in dreams and whisper in their heart of hearts, what if this whole thing isn't Macriot getting us, it's, it's the skinless one tricking all of us? Oh, I think, yes. I think that, that anyone pursuing it even if they're a devotee of the skinless one, I think that for for this this god, this this entity, whatever it is, it's it's all just a means to an end. So what if the means to the end is is ultimately just the destruction of the human race, or just blind chaos or something? As you guys are uh, discussing, uh, you can feel a definite change in the train itself. And you're pretty sure that you're pulling into the station at Svilingrad. It's uh, about uh, 3.18. Uh, you're due to be there at 3.20. So you're, you, you can tell that you're about to, to pull in. Um, do any, what do you guys want to do? I don't know. I, 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 we should discuss this. We have two minutes until someone comes on board. What should we do? Well, I, I say we should be ready. We should be, we should be armed and ready, and damn the consequences. Well, we should be armed, ready, but we should remain calm as well. Keep our eyes open, see who comes on, see yes. who talks to him, and um, pretty much keep an eye on everyone who's coming on. Also, um, three, and I look at the, the my my pocket watch, and I say it's it's about three twenty in the morning. There shouldn't be too many people coming on board. Um, now, you know that the police will be coming on board. Yeah. Um, I say police. They're really border guards. Um, 
you guys, you say you're going to look to see. All right, what are you going to do? Look out the windows? Yeah, so we yeah. can stand on the, in between the cars and go to our smoke. Where, wherever these people are entering, we can stand around that area, go out for, for a breath of fresh air and smoke. Right. Uh, you I, will be... Would I have time to run or walk quickly at least like two or three cars ahead of the salon car? Um, uh, sure. Yeah. So that like basically like the, if there's not a window that I could look out, then I would stand in between the two cars so that I could see the platform. Okay. Well, there's windows oh. all along. I here. just had a thought. Yes. Elizabeth. Um, well, we, we've assumed that M on, on the telegram meant Macriot. Mm -hmm. Um, but don't trains sometimes have uh, letters assigned to different carriages? I don't know. I don't know. So. <laughs> oh, right. Okay. <laughs> that, that's, the GM doesn't know that. <laughs> this is the Calais car. So, um, um, just as the train is pulling into the station. Now, you are going to actually be at this station while they check all of the papers as you're coming, you're the exit and the entrance. Um, they, once again, they don't bother the sleeping people. Uh, the, the, uh, uh, they have your documents um, to look through. Um, what was I going to say? Um, as you are pulling into the station, you suddenly hear from down the corridor towards where your rooms are, you hear... Uh, a man suddenly call out, Ah, oh, ah, oh, what are you doing? Ah, oh, ah. Oh. All right. Ba -ba -ba. <laughs> Time for us to go. I, I get up and I immediately run towards the, the sounds of the screams. All right. I guess I didn't hear this since I ran ahead. Um, are you running towards your rooms or away from them? Um... I don't know the answer to that. I guess to okay. whatever would give me a better vantage point of the platform. Well, I had answered your question that there are windows everywhere on, on okay. this side. So you don't necessarily have to go anywhere else to see. Um, okay, so, so I won't run ahead then. Okay. All right. I just can also, I could get a better view, that's all. You can also open these windows. However, it's cold outside, obviously. Mm -hmm. um, Not a problem. So... Who's going with Eldridge? And who's staying at the window to watch? I'm, I'm going to stay at the window to watch. Then I'll okay. go with Eldridge. Okay. And Frank, you're staying at the window to watch? Yeah, I'll stay with that. All right. Um, uh, uh, Eldridge and Dawkins, as you uh, run down the corridor and you now see at least one other uh, uh, conductor uh, joining you as he's coming... You can see that Frank's door is open. Okay. And the sound is coming from in there. Right. Yes. My, my God. My God. Oh, my God. Please help me. 
I, I go inside, uh, ready to brawl. Well, the three of you get there, and you find um, uh, Luigi Martinelli, the opera singer, has been stabbed. Um, Jesus. There's blood on the, on the sheets. Um, he is, of course, was on the bottom bunk. Um, Which is where Frank was supposed to be. Uh, he, uh, uh, the conductor is, you know, immediately sort of takes charge. Oh my goodness. You know, uh, we need to staunch the bleeding and, uh, I'll run back and get my, um, my medical bag and my okay. medical equipment. Okay. Uh, Dr. Dawkins, I, 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 I grab onto the, the conductor's shoulder and I say, Dr. Dawkins is a medical professional. I'm sure that he can help stop the bleeding. Excellent. Oh, I'll, I'll ask the, um, conductor or whoever's there to, to um, see if he can get a bucket of ice or something like that. You can um, yeah, and we'll, we'll immediately alert the, uh, the authorities and uh, we can... Uh, the wound looks pretty bad. It uh, doesn't look like it's a... It's not a death blow. Yeah, the man was rather fat. Um, but... Uh, I mean, there are medical facilities in Svilingrad, so they can transfer him to the hospital. Right. I, I don't um, think that, that that would be necessary, but um, I get my... my well, stuff. you have a choice. I mean, you can... <laughs> I tell people to stand back and let me work. Or, uh... All right. Um, there is blood... All over the place at this point. Does it? I mean, the the amount of blood. Does it look like it's it can be fatal? No, but uh, I mean, you do realize that if it suddenly heals, there's going to be some amazing questions <laughs> by the police sure. and Luigi got stabbed. Um. Well, then I mean. Uh, but I, he I, should survive anyway if they get him to the hospital. All right. So look, I'm not going to use it, but I will get sutures and um, some uh, disinfectant, and of course, right. asking for the ice. To is Martinelli in shock? Is he able to speak? Is he he's, lucid? He's crying like a little baby. <laughs> okay. Um, oh my God! I have been killed. What am I going to do? Oh my gosh! I, so I, I tell him. I tell him. Stand still. Let me. Let me do my work. Calm down, Eldritch. Why don't you talk to the man? Find out exactly who did this and what happened, and try to keep his mind off of his his injury. I nod and uh, and I'm gonna uh, kind of kneel down because he's in the lower bunk, and I'm gonna say, Mr. Martinelli, can you look at me. Don't look at the wound. Look at me. Oh. You, you have a very kind face. I'm sure you're a nicer person, but I've been bleeding all over the place. <laughs> I'm so sorry to all the Italians out there. <laughs> I didn't know I was talking to Mario. <laughs> no, you're talking uh, to Luigi. <laughs> um, all right. So your door was locked, right? Yes. As far as I know, yes. Did you see the man who who came in, the man or woman? I didn't wake up until he was until I was stabbed. 
But I did, was asleep. Did he? Did he? Did, did he uh, and I don't want to. I don't want to push him too much. So you let me know, Tom, when Luigi's like just basically. Done he, he tells you that he didn't see anyone. The room was dark. Um, he didn't even get a chance to see anybody. He just suddenly knew he was stabbed. Um, and, uh, how, okay. Is the knife still in him? Mm -mm. All right. If the knife is not in him, it means there should be a trail. Um, right. You don't, you, there's blood on the floor, but you don't see any trail. Uh, Wayne. Yeah. If you want. Um, well, I'm going to let um, Dr. Dawkins uh, perform his, his, his medical roles and everything like that. I'm going to go out in the hall, and I'm going to look around and see if I can see anything. Anything out of the ordinary, blood, the, the weapon, something, anything. Well, yeah, at this so I point... I got a 5 out of 50, so uh, that's an extreme. Yeah, so you're, you're, you're patching him up okay. Uh, probably um, get him how, to a hospital, and he'll be fine. What's that? How deep is the wound? Is it one? Is it like one puncture wound, or is well, it like there's a chance that it might have punctured his bowel. You're not sure, but uh, yeah, because he got he got stabbed just like right. He was probably laying on his side. So then there might be some septic. Right. Okay. Right. Um. Um. Because he's well, I'm going to try to patch him up as best I can. Um, does he look like? Um, or is he start? Is he starting to feel? Uh, it's it's only been what just a few minutes, so it wouldn't happen that. that right, happens. right. Um, hmm. And his. Uh, I'm sorry. This, this, what year is this again? What? 1920. 1923. Okay, never mind. Okay. Uh, yeah. Um. Uh, by now, there's uh, the conductor is helping you, of course. They've sent for uh, a transport. The police have now arrived. And uh, uh, the ones that are here are, you know, border guards, but uh, they've sent for police as well um, to come on board and see if, you know, see if an investigation is necessary. Now, you guys are scheduled to be in Svelingrad until 4.35, so a little over an hour. Um, now, let me jump back to the others, too. You guys are looking out the window, and, uh, of course, when the train stops, you do see, um, uh, one of the conductors go to the, the station. He talks first to the, the border guards who are getting on. Uh, he goes to make a phone call, uh, for, uh, I don't know what if it would be, you'd call it an ambulance back then, but some way to get him to the hospital or call a doctor or whatever. Um, you also see two men. Um, they're a little farther down on the train. It looks like they'll be getting in like the second class cab. Um, have you guys opened the windows? To look out oh yes okay well you can imagine too at this point that border guards and police are you know just to, just below chest level because they're they're right outside the train 
and you're just a little above, you know, you could reach out and touch them on top of the head if you wanted to. It's a good little border guard. That's not a not a it's suggestion. A good point. <laughs> well, they're border. they're within speaking distance. Okay, but you don't actually know what happens, so. No, there's just there's just a commotion. Do we have okay. a rough idea how many border guards we'll be getting on? Like, is it just two, or is it like a whole herd of? There's two of them that we'll be getting on. And now it's possible that some police will get on as well. Mm-hmm. Well, that'll be a pack then. Police come in packs. Packs? Yes. Okay. Police are in packs. Guards are in flocks, I think. Murders. Gaggle. So other than the two men and the two border guards, is that all we see? Um, pretty much. And you saw the guy run to the the office in order to uh, call medical assistance. Now, this like just happened. We don't even know about it. So the guy that's running, would he? Is that too soon or am I just overthinking that um that's what's happening so uh whether it happened i mean it, it happens when it happened so okay so basically my character then he would see two, four people get on and he would just see this one guy running from the train right okay and you, it's an we, employee of the train that gets we, we did and... we we heard we heard the 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 shouting though didn't we like that i mean when the other two left to investigate correct yeah um, so we know something's happened. Someone's been. Something's happened. That's all we know. Something's happened. Um, Macriot getting off. Well, I'm, I'm. These two chaps seem to have turned up and got on the train as well. Well, they haven't gotten on the train yet. They're waiting. Now the, waiting. the border guards and the police need to deal with the situation before they yeah, let anybody could. else on board. Now, I don't want to be, you know, um, think this through too much, but it, it could could even be the border guards or the police, couldn't it? Because, I mean, if he, let's, let's say he had some people disguised as police hanging around yeah, absolutely. the platform and then stabbed the bloke so the police have got an excuse to get on the train. Mm-hmm. I mean, my, my money's on the two, two chaps who've got into we're waiting by second class, but um, mm-hmm. at this stage, we can't discount any possibility. I mean, these people have tendrils everywhere. Yeah, absolutely. Like um, kudzu vine. It's an invasive species, isn't it? Mm. Extremely. There you go. There's your allegory right there. Um, uh, at this point, um, uh, a couple of the policemen, uh, enter into the salon and, uh, they come over to where you are, um, ma'am, gentlemen, sir, um, uh, one of the, one of the passengers was, uh, uh, did you see anyone running through this, this car? 
uh, in the last oh. in the last five ten minutes. No, we 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 we've been sitting here alone for some time. All right, one of the uh, passengers was uh, seriously injured, uh, possibly a robbery, and. Uh, we just wanted to know if you saw anybody one, from this one of the one of the passengers in this in, in in our car yes oh my goodness we saw him oh in goodness. Wait, wait, wait. It, was, it wasn't it wasn't young miss constanza was it i'm i'm sharing a room with her um no it was a man um we uh we have reason to believe uh that there's a lot of insurgency going on um there's a lot of unrest in the various political uh, parties along here, and we're uh, we're currently looking uh, to see if we can find any agitators. Um, My goodness, do you, do, I mean, do, 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 you, do you imagine then that the the, the the attacker is still on the train? Um, well, we haven't I'll, seen I'll anybody get off. Um, I'll mention the guy that I saw run off the train. Uh, you saw somebody run off the train, right? Right as we pulled up. Um. Oh, was that uh, uh, a conductor came off the train to alert us that there had been an uh, um, uh, that that the incident had occurred? Uh, that may be the man that you saw. Okay. Uh, have you seen anything else? Anybody suspicious? Any anything going on that we should know about? I'd look at Doctor Keith. Oh, so Doctor Keith is suspicious? No, <laughs> <laughs> I've still got my curlers in. That's highly suspicious. Um, well, I must, I must say we we haven't seen anything of um, um, what what was that conductor chap's name? Emil. Emil, yes, we haven't seen him for a while. He sort of disappeared a while ago. Is that uh, Emil Sicard? I, I believe that's the chap's name. Yes. Well, um, I I sometimes see him when the train comes through here during the day. Uh, um, most of us know the a lot. Most of the people on the train. It's the same people every. Every few days, um, uh, I'll keep an eye out. I uh, he may could be asleep I, this time of day. I just, um, could I um, describe um, Emil to the policeman? Probably, um, Emil was kind of a big guy. Um, uh, tall, a little taller than average, and uh, rather intimidating looking. No, well, big guy. I shall describe him as best I can, and 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 so they'll be talking about the same man. That that sounds like Emil. Yeah, that does sound like him. Oh yes, that's that's. The He's uh, uh, he always, he told me one time that uh, uh, that though his looks are rather intimidating, he makes up for them uh, makes up for them by his impeccable manners. See, yes, we 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 haven't seen him for for um, 
quite some time. I'm, I'm concerned that something might have happened to him. Well, you know, he writes all that down. Uh, we will, uh, as I say, he's probably asleep this time of night, but... Yes, yes, un- undoubtedly. But it's, it's been quite a while since we, we saw him. I would have thought that he would have been on shift at some point. Uh, we'll look into that. Uh, if you think of anything else, uh, we'll be on the train for about an hour. Yes, yes, of course. Yes. And he uh, walks away. He checks up forward, but but nobody's awake in that direction on the train. So he just can immediately I, goes back. Can I real quick, like before he leaves the car, mm-hmm. I'm going to lean over to Dr. Keith and sort of whisper and say, do we tell him about the poison? Well, I mean, that, 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 it, it, if you think he should, but he might hold the train home. What if it holds That's, that's my fear. All right, I'm not going to say anything. Perhaps Jack will. But you're right. That could lead to another long delay. Hmm. You can't afford that. Um, okay. Um, I've just had a, sorry, I've just had another thought while I'm, while I'm here with Frank. Um, I've just had a terrible thought. What, what if the letter, what if the, the message he sent, what if that wasn't to get someone onto the train? What if that was to arrange to have someone collect him from the train? Yeah, I, that's, that's why I was asking about the man who ran off the train. I was wondering. Tom, well, if you're if you're looking out the window, you saw him come back too. Okay, that's what I was going to say. Okay. In fact, you saw him for a few minutes talking to the police. In fact, if you do a psychology, I, even if you don't, you can tell that the police know who he is. So. Mm-hmm. Well, as much as I, I, I'm saying this to Dr. Keith, as much as I want to find out what that commotion was, I would still want to stand here and keep watch in case somebody else comes on at the last minute. Yes. Okay. Yes. So it while you're doing... It would seem a reasonable course of action. So while you're doing that, let's hop back to the other people. Um, uh, Dr. Dawkins, you've pretty much got him patched up uh, and they've got, uh, there's a transport has arrived to take him to right. the local hospital. Well, I'll say that while we were waiting for, um, transport and I'm cleaning up, I'll write, you know, a bit of, uh, medical notes and I'll let the, I guess, physician who's going to see this particular man, um, know about his wounds, his injuries, and that there might be, you know, a, uh, a worse infection. Uh, and to look out for a fever and things like that. I penicillin wasn't used until I think forty-eight, right? Maybe a, f- a few years later. So there's nothing really to fight any sort of bacterial infection. Um, but um, I, I will let them know that you know. All right, um, uh, Eldridge. Um, uh, a few members of the staff. Uh, want to immediately clean up the mess. I'm... Um, Eldritch? 
<laughs> yes, I was, I, I was thinking, well, since, since his, uh, his book is now uh, vacant, that maybe perhaps you uh, could stay in here with uh, Frank. I was actually thinking of staying with Jack because we know that Jack isn't one of them. Well, we, we still assume that uh, he's not one of them. I was but, I was in the room with them when some when when the sound as I as the, the staff are nearby when the sound occurred. Yeah, but we, what I'm saying here is we don't know to what extent or how many people are in uh, Montreal's employ. Now, for, for, for all we know, each and every one of our roommates are part of his, his inner circle. I, I still don't think it's safe to have two people that Montreal's looking for in the same room. At the same time, if there's two of us in the same room, we're better off uh, or better able to defend ourselves. We're already going to be uh, on edge and on point. So if one of us falls asleep, you know, you have somebody else to back you up. Well, but I mean, it's, it's up to you. I mean, you can say it, Eldridge. I'm not there. You just don't want to spend the night with me in the room, right? What was that? I think I hear someone bitching in the other oh, uh, if you if you're in, if you're insistent on staying with uh Jack or whatever his name was, um I'll come in here with Frank. I'd uh, rather be, you know, amongst somebody that I know and a bit more relaxed than you know being with somebody I don't know and who could possibly stab me in my sleep. Which is which is yeah, I completely understand. Now, and I turn to the, the staff, I don't think that you should clean this up. Well, but, but monsieur, uh, you don't want to sleep in the blood. Maybe, or you can clean the bed, but definitely not off the floor. Um, There's an investigation going on. Or, or there will be an investigation. Someone on your train has just stabbed another person. That's evidence. Yeah, they don't really have forensics back then, so. I know, but where, where, where there be blood, there be a, a stabbing. Well, there was a stabbing, and they know who got stabbed. They <laughs> but we don't know who. I've got my Sherlock Holmes hat on. I mean, we know who got stabbed. We don't know who stabbed. Who stabbed? Well, yes. you, can, you can do a little sleuthing, but... They, the the connection of cleaning up the room and figuring out who did the stabbing don't connect for yeah. them. If if yeah. they if they are adamant about cleaning the room, that's fine. Dawkins is planning on sleeping in here anyways. I'm uh, so I kind of just like wave them off, Frenchman. All right. And, well, uh, they'll 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 delay for a bit. Um, I I'm gonna push past them, and I'm immediately uh, in, in my head. If Dawkins, not not Dawkins, if if the man who attacked Martinelli had run in the direction of Frank and Keith, they would have seen him. So 
I'm going to head, and they, and they would have made it very known that someone was running around with a knife in their hand and blood. So I'm going to go in the opposite direction and kind of just walk. Well, they would have had to have gone through the other cars to get to the salon, so they could have gone in any of the the rooms or berths. How? What cars are between the the, the, the our car and the salon? Do we know? Is it just? Uh, we haven't really quantified it, but there are some. I mean, your uh, your Calais car is towards the end because yeah, you know it's going to get taken last. off. It's going to get taken off, right? Um, all right, well, I'm going to, I guess I'll, if we're near the end, I'm going to start from the end and work our way, my way up to the salon. Okay. Uh, by the way, at this point, uh, other people came out of their rooms, obviously, when they heard, uh, Luigi screaming. So. Yeah, he was, he was singing as he was being stabbed. Oh, uh, it hurts. Oh, oh. yeah. <laughs> An operatic scream. Yeah. An operatic um, scream. He got stabbed, and that's what happened. I just wanted to sort of add in this. It doesn't make any difference, but uh, uh, Dr. Dawkins, um, Hiro is an asshole, so you don't really like being in the room with him. Right. Anyway. That's so, exactly the reason why I love I want to be at least. So I'm going to start from the caboose and make my way up to the salon because... Like I said, it, 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 it's a the train is a line. So okay. if he ran past them in the salon, they would have known. Right. So I'm gonna make my way up to see if I see anything. Blood, even little specks make all the difference. Okay. Um, go ahead and do a spot hidden for me. I will do a spot hidden for you. That is a 45, 65. That's passed. Not a heart though. Okay. You don't really see anything. You figure he could have gone into any of these rooms. You didn't have enough time. If you had been like right outside the door, you would have seen the person. But there was a good, you know, 25 seconds before you got to the room. Well, and also the cars are, they're not all, there's nothing connecting them other than, you know, the, the platforms where you have to walk between them. So he could have just gotten off the train and just like, the train was kid. going fairly slowly. Yeah, yeah. He could have jumped off or like kid. He could have just like hung off the the end of the caboose, and then when it actually like slowed to walking pace, he just jumped off and ran. Like, yeah. Um, actually, it would have been a little bit more difficult than that because the connectors between the cars are shielded. There's a, a canvas that goes around them so that you can't accidentally fall off. Oh, okay. I thought um, they were. I thought they were op- like most travel cars. They were like open. Uh, sorts yeah, of... in the winter, this time of the winter, no, they would they would be closed up. They got all the canvas. Okay. There would be on each car a place that would open up another little sliding thing that would open up that would be the stairs going down to the platform. And 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 the caboose is open. And the caboose is also open. He could have just. Ah, I'm gone. Right. Yeah. So, all right. If I don't find anything, I'm just going to return back to the car and see if Frank and Elizabeth have uh, have had any success. Okay. So we'll assume this whole project takes about 50, 50 or 60, you know, approaching an hour. 
and uh, uh, Mark, uh, uh, Luigi has been taken to the hospital. Um, uh, ultimately, they insist on cleaning the room. The police have taken a look at it. They've taken notes. They've asked people up and down the corridor questions. Um, and the police, they're not going to stay on the car, so they're, they don't really have any vested interest. So they're probably just doing it procedure-wise. Correct. Um, Out of character, can I can I make an observation? Sure. To to the others, I, I'll I'll make this. I'll, I'll I'll say that my character says it as well when we all get together. But with Luigi off the train, that's one less. That's one person that we can eliminate as. Oh, that's Macriat. Because he was stabbed with by because the killer thought, oh. Frank's going to be in that spot. Don't kill him. And so that means we can assume that the guy who stabbed him wasn't Macriot. Macriot knows what Frank looks like. Macriot knows the, 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 where we are, so he has an inner knowledge of the train and the manifest. And, yeah. And Luigi's not Macriot. So, but, 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 I'm going to go to the salon and tell them that. Okay. So you you head into the salon. How about you, Doctor Dawkins? Um, as, once I'm done with um, cleaning up and everything like that, I'm heading back to the uh, salon as well. Okay. Um, so you're all back in the salon, uh, and at four thirty-five, uh, the train departs uh, Stalingrad. Do the, no. the two men who were waiting on the platform, did they get onto the train? Uh, they did. They were eventually allowed to get on. Though they didn't get on anywhere near where you are, they got on farther down the, the, the train. Uh, in what would be kind of the second class area. I think we would have attempted to make, like, make note of what clothes they were wearing, what what they would look like so that we could maybe bump into them or if we saw them again, we would recognize them. They weren't really close enough for that. Okay. Um, and it was dark. Um, but uh, That's why I wanted to run ahead. <laughs> what do you mean it, it was my bunk? Do you remember how you and Luigi swapped? Because he didn't want to climb up on the top bunk. You're saying that could have been me. I'm saying that I am saying that it was 100% supposed to be you. Macriot has he has knowledge of where we are, which means I think Elizabeth is right. I think he's infiltrated the staff. Um, so he has knowledge of where we are on the train, which means that even if we were to if even if we were to switch cars, we switch rooms, he'd still know because. That would the manifest would change, um, and and but we also know it wasn't Macriot. Macriot would have seen a big fat guy, and been like, "That's not Frank." So, it's so he has goons on the train. Goons that don't know who we are, unless it was dark. And it would have been 
nearly pitch black inside your your cabin. But what I'm also wondering, Emil saw Dr. Dawkins, which I was with Dr. Dawkins. I don't know. I'm, I'm just getting. I'm frazzled. Well, well, now that now that we're talking again, um, there, there's a possibility that Macriot isn't part of the staff. It's possible that he is in like I like like we all mentioned at the very beginning. He's on the Calais car because he would have seen Frank go into that room. But then again, how would he know that? Frank's at the bottom bunk. You have to know Frank is listed in the bottom bunk, and Luigi mm -hmm. Martinelli is listed in the top bunk. That's a good point. Did you guys notice? Did everybody in our car come out of their rooms? Um, I don't really remember. I was I was mainly focused on trying to get something out of Martinelli, and Martinelli wasn't giving anything out. In the confusion, it definitely seemed like everybody stuck their noses out at least for a couple of minutes. I would, yeah, I probably would have heard voices, but like the police probably also asked, uh, talked to everybody. Doctor Dawkins, did he? Did it, was he only stabbed once? Uh, yes. That's what I asked before. He was only stabbed once, but it was deep. In your medical opinion, would that would that be a death blow? Um, it can be. Um, I mean, I mean like if, if you wanted to kill somebody with one stab, would you stab them in the abdomen? If you really wanted to kill somebody with one stab, you would stab them in the, the heart. Um, but now the question is exactly where was he stabbed? Because you said that he was laying on the side. So did it look like uh the attacker tried to stab him through through the ribs and probably uh underestimated his his thrust or did it just seem like that's where he was aiming um it's very likely that um that luigi was lying on his side on his uh left side that he was covered up and that the knife was brought down probably just below his ribs. Okay. Um, it would have been difficult to see exactly where you were aiming. In the uh, dark. I imagine and, it was dark in, 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 the, uh, in the cabin. Yeah. Um, um, Tom, is it kind of safe to assume that this would have been because you said it, it's kind of up by the ribs kind of with this is it safe to assume that this would have been a coup de gras if he wasn't fat that's possible or just been it might have thrust up into your into your chest cavity into your yeah. heart Tell you instantly because that's what they did that's what knights did I only mentioned it because, like, there was the the poison attempt, and it right. seemed like a I won't say half-hearted attempt, but it didn't go well. And now we well, have a stab. If you're, if you're, if you're, I mean, as far as the the uh, poisoning, if you're trying to be a bit subtle, 
uh, the poisoning would work, particularly if uh, you drink this poison and it feels more or less like you're, you're just getting sick, you know, mm. as opposed to actually feeling poisoned. Um, if it was a fast-acting poison, then that would look suspicious. But if you're just nauseous, it, it may seem like something that we've eaten and eventually you just go to lie down and wouldn't get up from that. Mm -hmm. Now, are you guys, what are you, are you guys going to stay in the salon car for the rest of the night? Talking? Uh, I don't know about. It's about. I'm going to move, I'm going to move my things to uh, Frank's car. It's about yeah. 445, so. What about, do, do any of you think we might be able to find the two guys that got on? If we start walking towards where we saw them. What do, yeah, what did they look like? Couldn't get a good look at him. I don't know. It's 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 like what almost four o'clock in the morning, and I'm sure that if if they are innocent people, they would have just gone into a car and fell asleep. It's almost five o'clock. Perhaps or, or or perhaps they they rested earlier on in that day, mm -hmm. and just giving them a bit of the benefit of the doubt. But um, I guess yeah, we could just keep an eye out. For anything strange. Okay. All right. So, our, um, you're going to move your stuff around. So you're going to Dawkins. You're going to move to uh, Frank's. <coughs> we'll say that by now they've they've pretty much cleaned up the cabin. Um. They've taken all of uh, Luigi's stuff. Uh, and probably stored it in the foregone, which they will then at the next stop. Actually, no, they probably took it off. That would have been more efficient. They yeah. took it off at Svelingrad and uh, made sure it gets to wherever he is going. Um, so by the time you get back, other than your stuff, Frank, uh, everything seems to be fine, and your bed's fine because it was on the top. <laughs> you didn't get blood fl fl flowing onto it. Which brings up the question, Doctor Dawkins: You on top or bottom? Uh, I'll take the bottom. This this was originally your room, so I'll take the bottom. Thank right. you. So let's say that by five thirty, you guys are all situated where you want to be in your, you know, how you want your rooms to be. Um, what's his name? Uh, 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 Sir Robert Harrow is actually glad because now he can actually spread out and pretend like the room is all his. Um, but most people are still asleep. Breakfast isn't really going to occur until 8 o'clock in the morning. Um, well, since, I mean, we've been up pretty much all night. Um, and um, I will say, because it's both Frank and I who been up right yeah so we're gonna get some rest but uh before i do i'll ask uh keith and uh and eldridge to keep an eye out you know as we get some rest so that we can have you know be a little bit rested and and uh stay a bit sharp well, gonna ask at the, for at the, sorry yeah. at, at, at the same time that you're doing that then i'm i'm also going to point out that I would say 
at this point that our suspects are um, Lord Michael Margrave. La Donna Margarita de, uh, Delgadia, Delgada and uh, Kiyoshi Nakamura, um, possibly Sir Robert Harrow, possibly. Why? Because everyone else <coughs> would have been sharing a room. It would have been very difficult to infiltrate um, and, and uh, kill someone, skin them, and dispose of their body um, in a room on their own, um, in a room with another person in it. So you're saying so, that it had to be someone in their own room, or when the room, room was vacant? Yes. So um, so Robert Harrow was in a room on his own. He is now. Oh, well, I guess when Eldridge was out of it, yeah. Um... We know that Jack Gatling was 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 poisoned, so it's unlikely to be him. And also, um, Eldritch was in the room with him when um, Martinelli was stabbed. Um, Elena Constanza was in the room with me when Martinelli was stabbed. Um, the uh, Comte de Ruzzi and his wife were sharing a room. Uh, Mr. Uh, the Herr Gronig and um, Amumu Haddad, the antiquarian. We're both sharing a room. So that leaves Lord Michael Margrave, La Donna Margarita Delgada, and Kiyoshi Nakamura as the, the three prime suspects. And then we could we would have, have I suppose, Sir Robert Harrow and probably any and all members of staff as a second tier suspects. Just just to clarify my that. money on those three. Didn't this happen when we were all in the song car, though? Yes. So it yeah. could have been... Could have been any of them. No, but... It, yes, any, but there were previous, there were previous um, incidents, weren't there? Like the, the, um, the, the, the uh, suspected body being dropped from the train. Yeah, we, we 100% know that... Uh, in my opinion, we 100% know that Jack is not involved in this. He is A, poisoned, and B, he was in the room with me when we heard the body drop. Okay, yeah, that's what you're saying. And then, but, but and yeah, and, and, and I think what Dr. Keith is also implying is that there are other people who share rooms, mm. and unless those people in the same room are together and they're like, oh, let's plan... It's very difficult for them to walk into a room with a knife covered in blood and not be safe. True, but you're again you're assuming that that uh, these all of these people aren't working together somehow. I may you, be I may be paranoid, but I'm not that paranoid. Well, you need to be. Hmm. I mean, until we get all this this whole entire thing situated, we need to be that paranoid. Okay, so can we establish now that uh, Dr. Keith and who, who's going to bed? Oh, Frank and, um, uh, and Dawkins. Yep. Uh, and the, the other, uh, Eldridge and uh, Dr. Keith, you are still in the salon, yes? Yep, uh -huh. waiting for breakfast two hours from now. Um, so as you are 
it's actually three hours from five o'clock, but it, the time has been moving as you guys have been discussing all of this stuff. So, all right. So, uh, the two of you who go to bed, everything seems to be fine. What time do you want them to wake you up? Um, we gave them, I think, what, three or four hours. Well, so say about, breakfast. Okay. Breakfast is at eight. I was going to say Thursday, but. <laughs> I just want to sleep. Just wake us up when we get to London. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, that was funny, but I need an answer. <laughs> <laughs> I'll leave it up to you, Dr. Dawkins. Um, like three or four hours. Should we say um, breakfast time then? Yeah. All right. Or we'll just before breakfast time. When the when the when the staff start start appearing in the salon and preparing everything for breakfast, then. Uh, All right. All right. So. Get some time. Uh, those of you who are sitting in the salon, uh, you're sitting there, probably whispering to yourselves about um, these events. Um, I would like you both to do a spot hidden. I'm blind. I got a 100 I got a 24 out of 45. Okay. And I noticed as well that Eldritch appears to have poked himself in the eye. I'm blind! <laughs> well, no. Actually, we can settle it really easy. Simply, um, Dr. Keith, you are sitting in the chair that is facing forward in the train. Ah. Uh, and Eldritch, you are facing backwards. You're facing towards Dr. Keith. Um... Dr. Keith, as you, uh, right about 6.45, um, uh, you know that you've crossed into Bulgaria by now. Uh, you're, you're way out in the countryside, so it's, it's forests and it's snow and it's, it's way out there. Um, as you're traveling, you're, you keep glancing out the window and the, the, the dawn is just starting to break in the distance so the light the light's getting better you notice at first a wolf uh that was sitting on a snowbank right near the train tracks so the first thing you see is your train goes by and the wolf is looking in at the train going by and as the train starts to go by, the wolf turns and starts to run alongside the train. And then it's joined by another and another. And there's maybe, well, you see three at the moment. And they seem to be running along. They're not, they're not running at high speed, but the train's not moving that fast right now. I say, Eldridge, you're a... Um... Uh, first in, 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 in things of, a, of an Eastern European map, uh, 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 nature. Is that normal for wolves to do that? I turn and look at the wolves. Um, I say, well, I mean, and I, and I turn back to Keith. It's like a dog chasing a car. They ah. see something moving by and, and they chase it. Um, however, uh, I'm. I'm gonna look. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Are they? Are they? 
just like running alongside or are they looking at the train? They seem to just be running alongside, but within a couple of minutes, two more join them and there's like five running alongside. And they're they're big, big wolves. Yeah, they're probably they're probably um probably gray wolves. Gray wolves are big. Um and, and 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 I mean, five wolves in a pack is. I mean, there could be as many as a dozen. So uh, I think it's just interesting. Oh, look, there's wolves, and they're following the train. That's kind of cool. Um, unless unless there's something significant about them, or do they look bigger than gray wolves? Or do they are they black? Because that would be very ominous, especially to a Russian. A black wolf is not something to be trifled with. Well, do an idea roll because I, more more wolves keep joining them. I got a fifty-five. It's a pass. Um, it suddenly you remember, Fenelik turned into a wolf. Yes, but it's during the day. Correct. Yeah. The sun's not quite up yet, but the sky is brightened up. So I'm going to watch intently. I'm like, I'm not going to say anything to Dr. Keith. I'm just, my eyes grow wide and I kind of push out from, you know, my seat and I'm going to walk up to the couch by the window and kind of watch them intently, seeing the sun rays hit them. There are uh, obstacles, obviously, in their way at places and there's moments when you they they sort of dive down into a little uh, gully or something like that, and then come back out the other side. But uh, for a good ten minutes, they pace along the sides of the, the the train, and then they sort of fade into the background and disappear. And you don't uh, you figure they just gave up. I'm going to just absent-mindedly um, grasp the, uh, the rather stale lump of um, garlic in my pocket. Okay. More, more for my own um, peace of mind. Yeah, Bulgaria is where the vampires were, correct? Um, that is where you had your encounter. Uh, that's that's where you. Supposedly killed Fenelik. You know, Supp supposedly does not make me feel good. Um, that's, thanks, that's my, it's my job as the GM to say supposedly. <laughs> Mr. Volkov, it does. Um, it does occur to me, looking at those wolves. Um, now they may just be. They may well just be wolves. But um, has it occurred to you that um, on on our journey east? We, we have on a number of occasions um, fled certain places um, to, to, to get away from um, assailants. And we now find ourselves going back through, back through those places. I was thinking the exact same thing with... I, I, with and I think you know what I'm gonna say because uh, you know a giant walking tree. Uh, Are you about chickens. Yeah, I'm thinking about chickens. Um, 
And, and, well, I mean, there, are, there was the house on the chicken legs. But no, but I'm going to tell you this now. And what I saw, in the what, I, what I saw, the vampires in the cave, what I saw, um, oh my God, what was the witch's name? It's Baba Yaga. Baba Yaga, Baba Yaga yeah, sorry. Had to, had to process in my brain a little bit. Um, the Baba Yaga wasn't riding the house with chicken legs when, um, when we left. It was riding this giant black tree-looking thing. And I'm pretty sure I was the only one that saw it, but it was huge. Do you think that's the same thing that, 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 that appeared to be the house? Maybe, but I'm going to tell you right now, there was no house, and I mean, there were there were limbs coming out of it, but it looked like this big, gangly, horrible tree with a Baba Yaga riding it. The only thing that stopped it was the river. And we're going to cross yeah. right back over that river. Indeed we are. That is not a reassuring thought. And well, we have and no option of getting off the train, because if we get off the train, we don't get there in time, and we are yeah, doomed. Well, let, oh, I'm not there. Sorry. Oh, and, and let's not forget, we're, we're forgetting the creatures that lived beneath in the caves. You know, we, 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 we took their object. We gave it back, but they may still want something. There was a skinless cult in Milan. We're, we're, we've made some enemies, and we're going right are back wolves? Are those wolves still there? Uh, no, you can no longer see the wolves. Oh, they're gone. Is, did day break? Did the, did the sun come over the horizon and blast? The sun's come out by now. But did it when the wolves faded away? Was it kind of like timed? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Oh, yay. Uh, yeah, all right. So uh, so now my Russian superstition is getting the, the better of me. And I, in, in, in Romania, you know, they weren't bats. They didn't turn into bats often enough. I remember reading in Bram Stoker's Dracula, there was a, there was a statue in the, uh, by the door of, of a wolf because um, that was I believe that was one of Dracula's favorites if I remember correctly in the book it's been a while since I've read it so yeah wolves wolves and bats let's let's watch out for those let's also watch out for um, giant walking trees let's also watch out for people with tentacles coming out of their chests and invisible monsters visible monsters how does one watch out for invisible monsters, I wonder? With a big stick going like this in front of you. <laughs> or a train. That would work. Well, and we're forgetting an even bigger... So, no one has been able to get on the train except for one person. I don't think you were there for that. The Baron. Baron. Baron, there was a there was a baron or a duke, who that's how we got the first scroll. And he had this weird. I still have it, and I'm gonna. I don't have it on me. It's in my it's in my bag. But he had a weird horse tail hair 
thing. And he spun it around, and he went over, and he, just, and he disappeared. But he was on the train. It came on the train. Strange how a few yeah, stunned weeks ago I would have... Uh... I would have reacted to a claim like that with uh, with skepticism. Now I find it quite easy to believe. Well, and one of our theories of why he left the train in the manner that he did was because the the horse strands they had a they had a range. Hmm. He had the, he had the, he he left the train in a in a in a hurry, and he disappeared. And we're going back. So I'm yeah, and, we, and we actually cheated him out of uh, the scroll, I remember. What was that? Did you hear that, Dr. Keith? Did I hear what? <laughs> it sounded like Dawkins, but Dawkins is asleep. I think you've yes. just been, you've been awake too long. You're, you're, you're I've been awake. I, we got decent. We got decent. I got a decent amount of sleep. At least well, have, a, have, another cup, have another cup of coffee. So, um, a bit cold now, but right around, uh, you, you guys were intending on going to get uh, the others about 750. Um, right around 740, you start to notice a couple of the staff coming through, uh, heading towards the dining car, um, to set everything up. Um, at 745, while you're sitting there, um, the chef de brigand, who you've already met a couple of times, William Kendall, uh, he comes through the room and he has another uh, employee in tow uh, that you, you have not seen before. Um, and uh, they are having a discussion as they're going. Um, uh, he, he refers to this other one as uh, Oswaldo Volk. And uh, you get the impression that uh, he was, he is a conductor from one of the other cars. And uh, the gist of the conversation is uh, William Kendall is like, I, I haven't been able to locate him and I need someone to take over the position as conductor for the Calais car. I don't know if he got off the train or or what, but uh, he's an exemplary uh, employee, and I just can't imagine what happened to uh, uh, Emil. Did you did you hear that, Eldridge? I did. And they they're just going, so they're heading towards another part of the train. So that sounds sounds very much like our suspicions were correct. But that doesn't. Dawkins is sure that there's more people on the board this train, but I'm beginning I'm beginning to, to to rethink that because, like I said earlier, he didn't really want anything to do with the cult. He just cared about getting the Sedevkar simulacrum and then heading back to England. It didn't really matter to him that the cult survived or died. Well, it, yes, but um, surely he must have one or two henchmen. Uh, but he did have the henchmen, the 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 the, the, the lookalikes in England. So you are correct. He does have henchmen, but I don't know if they're. On, I th I think they're on board the train now. I don't think they were on board the train then, though. 
So I think we're no, looking. I think, at, the, I think whatever was thrown out of the train was um, a body. The, the the body of of, of whomever he uh, is um, impersonating at present. I think that your. I, I, I think that the, the the original Emil was uh, was murdered before the the train set off. I think that your idea, Dr. Keith, about the, the, the single-person car theory of it has to be someone, an individual that was alone in their room, I think that that's the key. The problem here is, is that we need to be able to get into their room to see, because you don't just kill someone and have no blood there. Well, we also need to be very subtle about this because obviously when he was spotted before the awesome he, one he, yes he, he immediately uh, changed his appearance again well and i think that he is going to be much 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 more careful because now that we i think that <laughs> i don't think that macriot's stupid i think that he's actually he organized this whole thing i think he's incredibly smart so i think that he is even he's going to be even more careful now to make sure that we don't spot him again because he knows that if we keep spotting him, he's just going to have to keep going through people one after the other. And that's just eliminating people. So one of our, one of our suspects may draw their attention, may draw our attention to them by dint of not choosing to leave their carriage from now on. Not only that, but think of this. We met almost everyone. And we had conversations with almost everyone, and we, 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 from Jack, we, we know kind of about their personality and what they do and everything like that. Macriat doesn't have their thoughts or their personality, he just has their looks. Hmm. So maybe, I don't know, it, it comes back to the whole idea of we, we do some investigating, but... I know that Frank is just worried about surviving the night. About this time, uh, a couple other guests uh, come in. Um, uh, one of them is uh, Gatling. And uh, as he comes in, he's like, oh. Uh, and he sees you guys, and he's like, hey. He says, how are you doing, Eldridge? I've been feeling fine since about... One o'clock in the morning last night. Well, I guess after I got some sleep, I'm feeling a lot better. Where are your friends? They're Bre asleep. Breakfast is oh, going to serve like in um, five minutes. Point. I should I should go and wake them up. All right. So you go, Elizabeth. You go to wake them up. I sh I shall go and rouse mm -hmm. them with a terrific banging. And uh, uh, um, Jack Jack sits down. And he's like, that was awful yesterday, but I guess I feel okay now. I'm really hungry. Well, says, you, you have been throughout the night constantly dumping everything that was in your stomach. So. Yeah, that was bad. Speaking of which, you won't believe what I saw last night when I got up to use the bathroom. I raised my eyebrow. I, like, needed some fresh air. And I walked down the hall. I saw uh, kind of what I suspected all along, but I saw uh, uh, 
Um, I saw Emanuela uh, Mathieu, uh, Countess, the Countess, coming out of uh, Kurt Grunig's room. Really? Yeah. I think they're having an affair. She came out and she she went down the corridor to the water closet and she used it. And then she went back into her husband's room. I I, I this is a big story. This is what I've been waiting for. But uh, haven't we assumed that they're a happy couple? Yeah. <laughs> Come on, he's an old fart and she's a rather good-looking woman and Gronig is like my god so it's not out of the ordinary hmm. it's not out of the ordinary everybody's fucking everybody but you know um it's news yes what what paper did you say that you worked for again um the tattler. That's right. And I give a, a smile. Yeah. Um. <laughs> that's going to be a good story. I've got an exclusive now on it, so that's well, just... Jack, I'm going to tell you this now. And uh, I, I kind of clear my throat and I say, well, I've got a story bigger for bigger than that for you. Really? Do you tell I me. nod. I say, well, now don't cause alarm or panic here. Right? There are all other right. people. He looks around. He's like, all right, all right, tell me. But you, you know what happened to you last night, right? What happened to me? Uh-huh. That I was poisoned? Yeah. All right. You know what happened to Luigi Martinelli? Last night? The opera guy? No. What happened to Luigi? He was stabbed. Holy shit. I nod my head. When did this happen? Happened at about 3 o'clock in the morning. Oh, yeah. You were most likely asleep. I'd already gone back to bed by then. Oh, my God. Do you know what that means, Jack? Yeah. Somebody was trying to rob him? I... Not... I... Shake my head. Nothing was stolen. Why would anybody stab a, an opera singer unless they didn't like opera? Why would someone poison you and I? Someone on this train is trying to kill off the other people. You know. I don't... I can't exactly tell you why I've thought this, but I think that somebody on this train is a spy. Why do you say that? Well, I don't know. It's that sort of instinct that I have for a story. There's just something not right about some of the guy i i don't know there's just something you know i i i can't put my finger on it but i bet you my whatever that uh one of them is a spy 
Well, Jack, uh, we don't know for who, but well, Jack, what if I told you that I believe you? What if I told you that this story, it's not Tattler, it's Gazette. Really? Of course. So an attempted triple homicide, possible of, 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 of the Orient Express, big news. Well, it's definitely news, that's for sure. And you are talking to an editor with contacts in Providence, Boston, Arkham. Uh, he, he reaches in and he pulls out his little pad and starts writing some of this down. But, it's like, yeah, so he's getting, he gets whatever details you want to give him. But, but Jack, you and me, if we're working the story, then you have to understand that this is investigative journalism. Someone could get hurt. You did get hurt. Someone may want to finish the job. That's true. But you know what? If you don't have any risk, you don't get any prizes. I've been in some pretty pretty nasty situations before and got out of them. All right, well, we. what I'm trying, trying to tell you is, is that we've got to stick together. And I give him a very forced smile but a smile nonetheless. Okay. He says, you know, he says, uh, we got a couple of interesting people in our group. Uh, look, we got the the little Asian guy, and we got uh, the Egyptian guy. They just naturally look uh, shady to me. Um, I wonder why. But we've got a lot of... We got a lot of aristocracy. We got a lot of rich people on this train. Of course, it's the Orient Express. You know, rich people have their little freaking intrigues that are all, all, all going on. They're having affairs with one another. They're, they think they're better than everybody else. And that politician that's in with your doctor friend, uh, but, he's another one that's uh, worth nothing as far as I'm concerned. But why? Would someone, whether it be a Japanese businessman, an Egyptian antiquated, can't pronounce that word for the life of me, I never have, and I will tonight, uh, an antiques dealer, um, and then a bunch of aristocratic assholes want to kill you, me, an opera singer, and possibly other people on this train. There's more to be found, Jack, and that's why you and me need to stick together. Absolutely. This I, is, think, I think you've got an eye for it. You're a writer, so you know what to look for. I am. And like I said, this isn't Tattler. This is this is way, way, way beyond that. This is next level, Jack. Front page of the Gazette. And, you know, it's the Orient Express. International publishing. Yeah. All right. no, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's, let's keep our eyes it. open. Well, the other three are coming here any time now. Yeah, it's about they, now that they do show up. They they come out of the. And they're we're all working together, so don't worry about them. I trust them. Oh. You can trust them too, but 
something is going on. So you can trust us and we can talk. All right. Well, right now I want to have some breakfast. Um, we're all going to sit together? We can all sit together, Jack. Why don't you uh, go get some food? And I smile and I, and I force a joke because I don't really like him, but I'll be nice to him. I say, don't get the water. Did the three of the rest of you want to do anything other than just come to, to breakfast? Well, I'll, I'll, while the others are getting ready, I'll, I'll quickly have a wash. Okay. And, um, Otherwise, you just join them for breakfast. Yes. And uh, at this point, it's going to be the four of you plus Jack, plus probably Elena Constanza. Yes, I am. And um, uh, uh, Elizabeth, uh, Elena asks a bunch of questions about what went on last night and what was the stabbing and, you know, all that sort of stuff. She's very interested. Um, Well, I I, I don't think I have anything to hide. I'll just be... um honest with her I'll tell her what happened last night that um, the opera singer chap was stabbed and uh, we don't have any idea who did it and uh, was he robbed the same questions that everybody's going to be asked and you can probably guess that at breakfast the other tables people are going to be asking questions so you were all sitting at the same table and uh breakfast is fine you guys have bottled water (laughs) if you want water at all um uh pretty much everybody in the car is there now there is a moment when um uh, the Count and Contessa come in to sit down at their table and um, Jack gets this sort of shit-eating shit grin on his face as he looks over at uh, the Contessa and she glances over and sees it and you can see instant hostility in her eyes. Okay. Of course, none of them like him anyway, but um, we'll assume, too, that Eldridge... Well, I'm not going to assume that. Eldridge, do you tell them? Well, Gatling is probably blabbing. Oh, yeah. And I'm going to use his blabbing to my advantage. I'm sure that he's already begun to spreading the... the the rumor, which is less rumor, more fact, that it wasn't a robbery. Um, but when he leaves to go get food, uh, and the uh, 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 and we're together, but no one else is kind of. Well, they're going to bring the food to your table. So. Oh, lame! All right, I'm going to say, um, let's go get croissants. They're on that table over there. I point at the croissant table. <laughs> you're you're changing the entire makeup of this. <laughs> Unfortunately, no table. No, they're going to bring you their food. This is this is service, baby. Ah, oh, 
I want my croissants handpicked by me. Um, um. No, but I will tell the uh, the others that um, Jack will be accompanying us, and I'm going to kind of play a game of telephone and whisper in Keith's ear that even if he is who we who who even if even if he is one of them, keep your enemies closer. We may be able to use it to our advantage. Okay. Well, unless you guys have anything else you want to do at the moment, that the train arrives in Sofia, Bulgaria at 11.15, and we can stop here and then have you guys arrive in Sofia the next time. So any final words from anybody? Who did we piss off in Sofia? Um, um, Brotherhood of the Skin. Well, that's given, but more so than than usual, I stabbed a guy. The lizard people. Sophia is where uh, uh, is where you uh, encounter the 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 hands that plucked out Simon's eye. It's where you uh, the vampires you killed the vampire. Uh, after he got on the train, uh, and you recovered the head. Yeah, the capital of Bulgaria. So, all right, our players included Thomas McKeon, Mix One, Jeff Wilkins, and Wayne Worthy, with myself as the keeper of the secrets. We're currently producing four shows a week with music and sound effects added in post-production in order to create a richer listener experience. We provide audio-only versions of our shows free for you to download from Podbean or iTunes. If you'd like to become a patron, visit our Patreon account. Just a dollar or two a month will help us a lot. Like, share, and subscribe to our channel and punch that bell icon for updates on our latest shows. And leave us some comments. We love hearing from you. This is Tom Rayleigh, together with all the members of our gaming club, inviting you to journey with us once again into the darkness for another adventure into the universe of H.P. Lovecraft and the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. Until next time, good luck and good gaming.